0: The following program is proudly supported by the Community Broadcasting Foundation, cbf.com.au. As part of 2 FM's Road Safety in Focus series, and to respond to some of the community's frequently asked questions, queries, and speculations about driving or traffic offences and associated penalties, again today I'm pleased to have joined me in the studio, New South Wales Police Traffic Sergeant Mick Todd. Great to have you back, Sergeant Mick.
1: Hello, thanks again for having me.
0: Thank you, it's a pleasure. Now, as I alluded to, the focus of today's interview is directed towards clarifying the legal standpoint on certain driving behaviours or situations which many people may find themselves in, not knowing that they carry consequences or penalties. Based on the community's input and the common queries we've received, here are some of the questions that the community would really like clicker answers to, if possible. So, let's get started. Starting with a question that I've heard on numerous occasions recently. Is it true that a driver can be booked for a front or back seat passenger using their mobile phone? phone or other electronic devices?
1: No. These offenses for this may relate to the driver mm-hmm. using a device, such okay. as using a, or holding a uh, mobile phone or, or even playing a, um, a video that's visible to the driver on a um, car dashboard. So, so if there's a, someone in the passenger seat using their phone or watching mm. a video, that's okay.
0: That's okay. Yep. All right. As long as the driver doesn't have view of it, not being distracted Exactly right,
1: yeah. A lot of those offences do focus on um, the driver's involvement.
0: Yeah, Yeah. because I think there was one incident that was reported in the media and then kind of people took it and ran with it from there and everybody got scared of having anybody in the car using their mobile phone. No, don't do that. All right, so is it true then that drivers can be booked for taking a sip of water or coffee while they're driving?
1: It is. It is. So it very rarely happens Mm. and a lot of this relates to... A driver not having proper control of their car. Okay. Um, you have using one hand to steer the car. You've got one hand to drink some water, drink a cup of coffee, mm. or you've got the bottle or the cup up to your face. Mm. It's a just it's a distraction. Distraction. Mm. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, again, rarely given out, but there is a particular offence for it's not take a sip of water while driving or drink your coffee while driving. It's uh, more around the not having proper control of your car.
0: Okay, yeah. all right, I get that. Because by law, you're supposed to have both hands on the steering wheel when you're driving.
1: Correct.
0: And so when you've got one of those hands off the steering wheel, that means you don't have proper control of the vehicle. Does the same apply to somebody, for example, if you're sitting at a traffic light where you're not really manoeuvring the vehicle, you're just at a stop and you take a you know little gulp of water or something uh, like that?
1: I'm going to say... No, you're not moving yeah. in traffic. Yeah. Um, but again, there is a rule in relation to it. It's up to mm. an it's office. It's discretionary in, in, matter. Yeah, then. someone's interpretation may be different to mine.
0: All right. Okay. Next question. Is it true that drivers can be booked for double parking while waiting for another car to vacate a parking space?
1: So there is f- an offence for double parking, but this relates to an unattended vehicle. Okay. So again... A lot of these rules are up to the discretion, interpretation of, mm. of the officer that comes across it. Uh, okay. But I would think as long as there's clearly the other car. Usually, is,
0: there's a driver in the driver's seat. Yeah. Who's just waiting for another car to get out.
1: I'd want to see the other car with their indicator on.
0: Yeah. Okay. Giving
1: their intentions to move, and uh, as long as you have your indicator on, indicating your intentions to.
0: Okay. Move
1: into that spot. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I would think it's okay.
0: It's more taking in the full picture.
1: Exactly right. Not just mm. parking your car, going to the shops, coming back. You, obviously, you're mm. there for a reason. Do you but find if, that
0: sometimes people use that as an excuse? Uh, when yeah, they... and and
1: people are, are waiting for an extended period of time for a person to move. I mean, you've got yeah. to consider the other road users if it's a, a single-lane road. Um, if it's causing obstruction of traffic. People get upset. So, again, you've yeah, to take into consideration the the whole picture and other people's um, intentions as well,
0: yeah. yeah. Um, It's commonly believed by many drivers that driving through an orange light is okay. What do road laws say about this?
1: The road rules say proceeding or travelling through an orange light. There is an offence for that. Again, um, it's up to interpretation and discretion based on the circumstances, depending on the speed limit of the road, how close you are to those lights when it turns orange. A lot of those factors are taken into consideration.
0: Yeah. If some of those traffic lights the time frame between it turning orange and red isn't very long at all yeah. like it's a very short period of time for you to react you know by the time you realize it's orange and you, you're if you're doing 70ks an hour and it's wet weather for example you think oh, i'm going to flip over if i try and stop too fast yeah, you're
1: right yeah well, that relates to the the size of the intersection Mm. how far do you have to cross how many lanes do you have to cross to get to the other side plays into account how long the light goes for the speed limit of the road plays a part as well and it's it's all about if you have a reasonable amount of time to stop is it safe to slam your brakes on yeah considering the other road users so a lot of that's taken into consideration if someone was going to get a ticket for that
0: It's funny that we can have a lengthy conversation about what happens at these orange lights because sometimes it's not so much what you're doing, but what the driver behind you anticipates you will do at an orange light that can cause a bit of a problem because you may have every intention of stopping at that light when you see it turn orange and the driver behind you is thinking we can make it like, you know, you can get through that. You slam your brakes on, the person behind you is thinking they're going to go through, we're going to make it, and this is where you end up with a rear end And
1: again, it, if that's your choice to slow down and stop, uh, if it is a little bit quicker than or sooner, than the other driver might think that's your choice as a, as a driver. It's up to the other driver to be aware of what you're doing and, and maintain a safe distance behind you so that they can safely stop should yeah. that happen. Sometimes
0: yeah. it could be a matter of pressure, feeling pressured by that driver behind you because you can see how close they are to you they're not showing any signs of slowing down they're wanting to press through and you're forced to do it because they're going to end up in your boot yeah, basically you're,
1: you're right yeah yeah and yeah. that that does play a part yeah
0: 100% to the next question we'll get to can drivers get a fine for tooting their horn or waving goodbye from their car this is going to disappoint a lot of people who think they're just doing the friendly thing to I agree
1: um yes tooting your horn it is an offence so mm-hmm. The road rules say that you can only use the horn to warn other road users of your approach or position of your vehicle. Okay. In relation to waving goodbye, having a hand outside the car, it is an offence. Having a a limb outside the car, there is a specific offence. But if
0: you wave from the inside without... Waving from the inside is fine. (laughs) It's fine. Again,
1: um, the test of reasonableness is uh, applied in most situations depends what what road you're Again this
0: is going to be something that a lot of people may honestly do with good intentions because they come from a country where that's completely the norm you know this is standard behavior you're leaving somewhere you toot your horn you say goodbye that's standard so for them to come to Australia and then be pulled over or be caught doing this and then receiving a fine, that's going to be a big shock to the system.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you're right. And um, obviously the test of reasonableness Mm. gets applied in most situations.
0: Mm. So do any of the things that we've discussed so far attract any demerit points, like taking a sip of water while they're driving or...?
1: Most of these do. Yeah. Oh. Again, without looking at the list in front of yeah. me, I, I can't give you a yeah, 100% answer. Of course. But do. I just
0: wanted to make sure that this isn't just a matter of people getting a fine that they can pay off. Some of these are going to attract demerit points as well. Yes. All right. Now, can drivers receive a fine for leaving their vehicle running even if their vehicle is within view?
1: The answer okay. is yes. So Interesting.
0: We often do this. A lot of people do this sometimes, especially in summer when the car's too hot and we switch on the AC and we wait for it to cool down and we step away for just a bit.
1: So the rules say um, if you're over three metres from your car, it has to be turned off. Okay. Again, um, the test of reasonableness and discretion is often applied, but um, that's coming from the rules.
0: Okay. Okay. It's also a common thing for some drivers to flash their headlights at other drivers to let them know when they're giving them way or allowing them to pass. I know a lot of people use it to alert to police stops or whatever it is that's uh, ahead of them. Um, We know the standpoint of the law on that but Sometimes people do it with good intention. Like you see somebody trying to exit from a side road and there's a lot of traffic and you think, I'll let them through. You signal to them with your hand they can't quite see you, so you use your headlights. Please go. What is the standpoint of the law on this?
1: The answer is yes, it is an offence. Oh, dear. Um, this is rarely given, okay? Okay. Um, But um, usually flashing lights are only permitted for vehicles responding to an emergency. You'll see a a police car coming behind you. The lights will be flashing, Uh, Mm. the headlights, not just the red and blue ones. Um, Again, the test of reasonableness and and discretion is applied, and it's common sense. If um, you're trying to let someone in, it's a way to attract their attention. So this
0: in terms of flashing the high beams? Yeah, that's
1: the the high beams. Okay,
0: Um, all right, wow.
1: Oh, learning a lot some, today some disappointed people out yeah it, but, uh, a lot of disappointed
0: I've... people but better safe than sorry because yeah. it's better to know these things so you can avoid them rather than find out on the spot when you're receiving a fine now we get to another question is it illegal to recline the front passenger seat while the vehicle is being
1: driven so the answer is no it's not illegal so you can recline it mm. but it may have an effect on your safety and the function of the seatbelt of the car. So if you're going to lay flat back, Mm. uh, I would strongly advise against it, whilst the vehicle's moving. Again, if something were to happen, you might have the seatbelt buckled in, but it might not have the same effect as if you were sitting upright.
0: Okay. Well, this is going to come as a relief for the people who travel as passengers with those who are travelling long distances on those long road trips, because yeah. you know the first thing that you want to do to get a bit of shut eye is to recline your seat a little bit.
1: Yeah, and obviously, um it, yeah, not all the way back flat is a bit a bit concerning. Yeah, again, that, that revolves around a safety issue. But if it was slightly reclined back for yeah. some rest, I, I wouldn't. You see don't have that.
0: the protections of the seatbelt when it's a fully reclined back anyway. Yeah, yeah,
1: you're right. Then you, um, you also bring into focus the functionality of the the airbags of the car too if you Oh yes their position is in relation to someone sitting upright up. moving forward that may cause an issue yeah
0: right now in what situations might a driver be penalized for passenger related behaviors so for example children who may wiggle out of their child seats or put their restraints down or passengers who put their feet up on the dashboard, for example.
1: Again, the main thing you've touched on there is the wearing of the seatbelt. So it's the driver's responsibility to ensure all your passengers are wearing a seatbelt or that your passenger isn't sticking their feet or their arms or, I've seen it before, they pop their head out the window. (laughs) Yes. And with, with children, obviously, again... The test of reasonableness and mm. um, discretion is used. Sometimes your children do uh, wiggle out, and if that's the case, you might have to look at how tight the safety restraint is to prevent that from happening. Um, well,
0: Sometimes they learn to unbuckle oh, themselves. Yeah,
1: I've seen it, and, and we do understand. And yeah. Yeah, you just got to look at the restraint properly as best you can.
0: Yeah.
1: And if it's loose... <laughs> Keep them busy right, so uh, they
0: don't need to restrain right. themselves. Yeah,
1: um, <laughs> education and, yeah. and that often helps as well
0: definitely now um here's an interesting one can someone be fined for not giving way to an approaching emergency vehicle where their sirens and lights flashing
1: so the answer is yes mm. so the, it is an offense for not for, moving knocking out away, of the way. for your police ambulance fire but again if you need to move out of the way it's important to do it safely check your blind spots check the other lane and do so safely we do understand that the roads are busy and if there's traffic, you may not be able to move straight over. Yeah. Good um, luck
0: like trying to do it in peak hour traffic. Yeah. And
1: we do understand and yeah. we do take that into account. But if it's a blatant obstruction, just, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it is an offence.
0: Yeah. yeah. Because it does happen with a lot of people where you have every intention of moving out of the way, but the person in the lane next to you just won't move. Nobody's interested it, in giving you away. And your only option is either into oncoming traffic or I don't know what else to do.
1: The main thing is with that, to do it safely.
0: Yeah.
1: Everyone's safety is priority. Um, we do understand. So. Yeah.
0: Okay, that's that's good. Can motorists be fined for not hearing an approaching emergency vehicle because they have the stereo or radio too high? Or for that. having them high in any case, not just if they don't hear an emergency vehicle?
1: So that's, again, the same offence for not giving way to an emergency vehicle. Um, from personal experience, you can pull up right behind someone lights and sirens beeping your horn flashing your lights um sorry all,
0: officer i didn't it's, see um, you. <laughs> again, it's
1: again it's all about being aware of what's yeah. around you if, maybe if your music is a little bit too loud it's a little bit irresponsible yeah again it's just being aware of your surroundings as as a driver to make sure that doesn't happen
0: yeah absolutely now in the event of a moving vehicle crashing into an open door of a stationary vehicle. You know, when people are parked on the side of the road and they just swing their door open and you're travelling at 60 k's an hour. If you do crash into their door...
1: So it depends on two things there. Mm -hmm. Um, If the car is moving and the passenger or driver opens the door into the path of the car, then there is a specific offence for the person that opened the door. Alternatively, if your door has been opened, say for 30 seconds, Mm -hmm. uh, as an example, and a car comes past and collides with the door, Oh, I think that's a reasonable time frame that that driver should have been aware that there's yeah. a hazard up ahead, allow for it, slow down, be aware, be cautious.
0: Okay.
1: Um, yeah, so there's two sides of the, the story for that one. Yeah. Again, that's going to be a
0: fast stretch um, to try and prove when they open the door, though. Every situation's different, <laughs> so yeah. we,
1: we, we talk to everyone involved and we try and get a picture of of what happened, so... Yeah.
0: Get a dash cam.
1: 100%.
0: Which driving offences carry the harshest penalties and greatest loss of demerit points?
1: So for a ticket, say, that we can hand out on a day-to-day basis, mm. you're exceeding the speed limit, 45 kilometres and over. So this one is is $2,500 plus, six demerit points,
0: Ouch!
1: and a, a three-month suspension on the spot.
0: And a three-month suspension.
1: Wow. Other ones I've I had a look at today, using yeah. your mobile phone while driving, is um, mm-hmm. 469 dollars five points. Mm. Offences in school zones often carry a higher penalty than a normal offence, say if you went through a stop sign or a, a traffic light.
0: And a lot of people are not aware of that. They're yeah. only aware of the fact that all you need to do in a school zone is do the 40
1: and you're safe. No, the, the, um, usually one extra point for school zone offences and upwards of $100 more. For an example, if you went through a stop sign in a school zone. then the uh, other one I've, I had a look at today was your... Yeah, registration offences, which carry a fine of uh, in excess of $700. So there's quite a few there. The
0: sky's the limit, really, when it comes to questions about, you know, all sorts of different scenarios and situations that drivers can find themselves in because, you know, every day we come across new things while we're driving. Now, can a driver be penalised for producing or showing their digital driver's licence if they've been pulled over by
1: police? No. 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 I strongly advise everyone to get one. You go everywhere with your mobile phone, um, yeah. so there's there's no real reason you can ever forget your licence. Um, as long as you put the vehicle in park and you indicate to the officer, is it okay if I show you my licence on my phone? Not a problem at all.
0: Okay, they so are, your, your card doesn't actually have to be off. It's sufficient to have it in park.
1: As long as it's in park, handbrake's up. Okay. It's just, just indicate to the officer, Is it okay if I show you my digital licence? And there'll never be a problem with that.
0: So there's a a common myth that's circulating surrounding this very point because it's been commonly heard and disseminated in the community that don't ever reach for your phone and show a digital licence if you haven't been asked by a police officer. So it wouldn't be something that you would initiate. It would have to be requested of you in order for you to produce your digital licence.
1: Yeah, so... So if you're stopped by the police and the the officer asks, can I see your licence? Is it okay if I show you my digital licence? Okay. Not a problem.
0: All right. Here pops another question into mind relating to digital driver's licences. What if you stop someone and all they have is a digital driver's licence, but let's say their phone is dead?
1: As a condition of having a digital one, Mm. you have to produce it on the phone. and The the screen has to be clear. Mm. The phone has to be able to be turned on. So
0: the screen can't be cracked.
1: That's right, because yeah, okay. there is a, um, your digital license produces a QR code that yeah. we do use to check. Yeah. It's our validity. So, yeah, we do that. And if that's the case, then uh, a physical license is a good thing to have as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's always your backup plan, your right. plan B. Now, in which cases might a driver receive a fine for using a mobile phone even though it is attached to a cradle or a phone bracket?
1: So this relates to your provisional drivers, so your red and green P-plate drivers Uh cannot use a mobile phone at all whilst driving.
0: Not even on a cradle? Not
1: even in a cradle. If you're using maps or GPS and the phone's in the cradle, you can't.
0: They can't even use GPS
1: navigation? It's a a flat, cannot be used. If the vehicle you're driving has a a sat nav system, that's Mm. fine, or if your phone is linked to that oh, system
0: okay. so if the sat nav is built into the vehicle itself that's a different story
1: you're right okay yeah. but specifically using a phone if you're in a your provisional license mm-hmm. you cannot
0: are they allowed to use bluetooth in e-bluetooth devices like I've, hands-free no no they're no. not okay so no phones for you l-platers p-platers You have to wait.
1: (laughs) Best advice, put it in the boot or somewhere you can't reach it, you can't be distracted by it. Yeah,
0: that's right. Absolutely. To the next question we go, can a driver use their phone off the cradle to access or produce a digital ticket or permit? Because a lot of the stuff that we have nowadays is digital, just as our licence is. You may have a permit that you need to show or a discount code that you need to show or whatever it is that you're using. Are there any provisions to allow drivers to do that?
1: If you're going to use it, uh, as long as it's in park, your handbrake's on and you're not in an active lane of traffic. Okay. If that relates to being stopped by police and asked to produce something, there's not a problem with that.
0: All right. That's great. Now, can a driver of a vehicle be penalised for certain amendments or additions to their vehicle?
1: They can. Anything that's um, different from the standard car mm. uh, or your, your add-ons or modifications, there are um, some offences in relation to that, and that relates around the size of your wheels and your tyres and exhaust. Yeah. That's a popular one. Yes. <laughs> um, the height of your car. That's popular with the- um,
0: Lowering the cars. height of the your network.
1: car, higher for your, your yeah. utes and your four-wheel drives, mm-hmm. lower for your more yeah. sportier cars. Things like that, you can get what's called a defect- for mm. because it's an item that's non-standard
0: or having like lights or
1: yep that's another example yeah, yeah. Um, and the police do target these sorts of things from time to time again it relates to road safety and a lot of these things are not engineered mm-hmm. to that car yeah
0: now in what instances may drivers or riders be slapped with an immediate license suspension
1: so you drink driving offences. If it's a positive result, yeah. your, your licence will be suspended immediately. Um, aggravated driving offences such as a burnout, um, unaccompanied learners. Mm-hmm. So if you're driving around on your L plates, no one teaching you. Oh, dear. Three months um, straight away. Yeah, your higher-end speeding offences, over 45 kilometres an hour straight away. Uh, your P-plated ones is, is the one that I get often. 30 kilometres and over 45 kilometres and over... That's an immediate suspension. But any speeding offence by a P-plater, so your lower end ones, yeah. um, the RMS will suspend the licence. But the ones I mentioned previously, they're the ones the police will issue an immediate suspension Okay.
0: For. And in terms of P-platers, if they're driving the wrong vehicle type because they're restricted from driving certain vehicles... Pre-emptive. Um If they're not driving the right type of vehicle for their licence class Can their licence be immediately suspended as well?
1: No No There is an offence for that But no, it doesn't attract an immediate suspension Oh, right It does attract some demerit points mm-hmm. And it obviously depends on how many you have on your licence Yeah
0: so yeah, so they've only got about four demerit points that they can accumulate. Yeah, is not, not, not many. Yeah. <laughs> not very at all. So if they've already been, you know, booked for something and they are stopped for driving the wrong kind of vehicle, then in that case it may lead to a suspension. You're right. Yeah. All right. We're getting close to the end. You can <laughs> breathe a sigh of relief. Um, Are there any other road rules that you found drivers to be confused about or oblivious to that we haven't covered so far? Something that perhaps you have been exposed to in the line of duty that we haven't covered so far, but it's an issue.
1: The big one for me personally that I see on a day-to-day basis is People not exchanging their details once they've been involved in a crash. So that accounts for north of 75% of all the crashes that police deal with, purely for the fact that someone hasn't stopped after a crash, whether the other car's occupied or not, Mm. and they've left the scene. So that starts a police investigation to find out who was driving. Again, there's not a lot of knowledge, or people claim to not have knowledge of that offence, but that... It does cause a lot of work for the police, a lot of unnecessary work, I believe.
0: Yeah, yeah. I can imagine. Mm-hmm. What about if somebody crashes into a stationary vehicle that's unattended? How would you go about that deal there? How would you exchange details? Would you be required to leave any details next to their car? Or
1: Best practice is yes. Leave okay. your details, name, address, contact number, your registration. Okay. The alternative, if you're not comfortable with doing that, is attend the police station. So, look, this is what's happened. Okay. Get the, the retro right thing. details
0: of the other car. I hit this
1: car, this location, and then you're covered. It's very important.
0: Yeah. Right. Now, where can members of the community go or who can they turn to if they have questions about road rules that they would like answered or clarified? I find this commonly a lot, people saying, oh, I wonder if this is legal or illegal. I wonder if, you know, this is something that I can get a fine for. And I don't know quite where to go to receive a clear-cut answer. There's a lot of information on the internet who knows how much of it is accurate. You're right,
1: yeah. Um, In saying that, A lot of the questions I do get asked are about um, child car seats. Yes. A a common one that we get. Hmm. If someone's got a question about anything, it says you can have the option of calling the police station, asking to speak with someone from the traffic office. Okay. Alternatively, someone from the highway patrol. Uh, We've all got a lot of experience with a range of different Mm offences. Everyone has a different experience level, so there's a good chance you will get an answer. There's a lot of information on websites too that I myself will refer to, such as like the uh, Centre for Road Safety, the RMS. will give you a lot of information about your vehicle standards and your... uh, For one, I looked at earlier today, which was your child restraints and your your booster seats. They give a lot of good information on... and the correct information on what you're required to do for that.
0: Yeah. So. So just while we're on the topic of child restraints, in what cases may you find children who are not properly restrained? What kind of things do you see in that relation? Are people really following the rules in terms of restraints or are they appearing to be confused about the matter?
1: A lot of people are following the rules, which is good because it's the the safety of their child that's in the car, which Uh is very important. You may from time to time see uh, a smaller child in a seat that's maybe a little bit too big or too small, Mm. but we do field a lot of phone calls from um, parents to double check what the the rules are and the the correct way to to Mm. have your child in the car. And the Centre for Road Safety has a, there's a website for them and they, and they provide all the information you need as far as the height of your child, the age of your child, yeah. the direction which they're to face in the car and it's in nationally based laws around that. So it's quite a very good sidearm, And yeah. that's where I get my information from too.
0: There are a lot of very reliable sources of information to get information on these things about. Um, so have you ever found yourself in a position where you've stopped someone... Okay, a child in a car seat, but that seat itself has not been properly fitted. It's not in a secure position, let's say, or certain placements for those child seats. So obviously you would never have a a booster seat in the front passenger seat uh, of a car
1: the common one we do see is it's not secure to the anchor points of the car that the seat belt's not across the seat properly um, we do come across that a lot and it's, it's really important that you check it when you put your child in the car again it's for for their safety you never know what's going to happen so very
0: absolutely. important absolutely i mean child restraints is a real hot topic because i've spoken to a couple of mothers about this and they're all questioning kind of like oh at what age is it safe for them to move out of this seat to that seat and you know my child's quite tiny or my child's taller than what they should be for their age or things like that so um, there's a lot of questioning going on in regards to you know the different phases and stages of uh, graduating from one kind of child restraint to the next and you've given us a good reference point to go to in terms of finding out all those nitty-gritties of child restraints really. The
1: um, the website does give a lot of good information there's this Photos, diagrams, uh, information on ages, the size of the child, uh, on how to correctly have them in the car. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think it's not so much the child restraints that confuse people. It's more like the rules that were changed maybe about 10 years ago now would have been uh, when it became mandatory for children up to the age of seven to be restrained in a booster seat. And this is where all that confusion, I think, is coming uh, from.
1: We do get that as well. Yeah. In addition to that, it's also relying on how tall the child is. Some kids are very tall and yeah. they're too big for a booster seat and then they graduate to the normal lap yeah. or, or cross a solder yeah. seatbelt. Again, the website does give you a lot of guidance on what the correct thing to do is in that situation.
0: Perfect. So we have covered quite a lot of ground today, haven't we? That's um, good.
1: It's good. It's really good.
0: Very eye-opening, very, very sobering. So, Traffic Sergeant Mick Todd from New South Wales Police, thank you again for your time and for helping to clarify some of these lesser-known road rules which could land New South Wales drivers in a lot of hot water. It's been a pleasure hosting you.
1: Thanks very much for having me.